A reading from Isaiah. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term and that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out, and I say, What shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings, and lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, Herald of good tidings, lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms, and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. A reading from Mark. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. My friend C. David Matthews, who at the time uh, was pastor at First Baptist Church, Greenville, South Carolina, he died in March of this year. Anyway, when he was pastor there, a mutual friend of ours, Hewlett Glower, invited him to come to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to the seminary where Hewlett taught to give a, to give a series of lectures. David was invited to do that. And so David tasked his administrative assistant with buying the airline ticket for him. And so he got on the airplane, and Hewlett went to the airport in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to pick David up. David gets off the plane, and there's no Hewlett Glower. You see... David's administrative assistant had bought him a ticket to Sioux Falls, Iowa, or Sioux City, Iowa, not Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Makes a difference which way we're going, doesn't it? Makes a difference. John the baptizer reminds us of this in the text. He comes proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. See, repentance means to turn around and head in another direction, to go in another direction, to, to change course. See, repentance is not merely learning from our mistakes. 
It's not making some kind of spiritual New Year's resolution. It's not gritting our teeth and saying, we're going to do better next time. What is it? Well, first, it's to stop for a while and to assess. Stopping, not doing in this busy season is a part of our work because it's work to do nothing. To sit, to ponder, take some time, look closely, examine our lives. What, which way are we going? Are we headed towards God and the things of God, or are we headed towards the things of this world? True repentance begins with the knowledge and our minds and our hearts that we are loved by God, that we are God's children. Repentance can begin when we know beyond the shadow of any doubt that we are loved by God. That's the beginning. That's the beginning of repentance. That's what gives us the ability to listen to God because God has our best interests at heart. God wants what is best for us. And so to know that we are loved is the beginning of repentance. It's not believing that little voice in your head that says you're no good or that everything that bad happens to you is your fault. No, it's knowing that you're loved. And if you can't find that, perhaps you're a part of your preparation. Perhaps your prayer can be, you can start with the prayer that you might know yourself as loved by God. That God might reach down into your self-hatred and touch you. Father once complained to an old rabbi that his son had forsaken God. What should I do? What should I do? The old rabbi pondered for a moment and said, Love him more than ever. That's what God did for us while we were yet sinners. Loved us even more. Then repentance continues, not with beating yourself over the head with your failures. But through God's grace and God's power, knowing that you are loved, you reorient your priorities in life. You unlearn old patterns of unhealthy and destructive behavior and turn your face as a sunflower turns towards the sun. You turn towards the light of the world because you know that you are loved. On the way to Bethlehem, we must pass through the desert where John the baptizer is preaching. The highway to Bethlehem is paved by confession and repentance. The next verses in the Gospel of Mark talk about the people who were doing that. It's the gift of God's forgiveness that fills the valleys and levels the mountains. Forgiveness is the promise of a new and different future. Without forgiveness, we are consigned. We are bound to live all our lives in the desert wilderness. With mountains too tall and treacherous to climb and with roads too crooked and steep to negotiate. If I had it to do all over again, the self-made man said, I would call in some help. That's where the Old Testament scripture comes in. So call in some help, God's help. 
Comfort, comfort my people. God's declared, God's declared peace with God's people. Pardon's been pronounced by God. Yes, there's work for us. Verse 3 is in the imperative tense. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. But in verse 4, if you listened, the voice changes. It's now the passive voice. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all God's people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord is spoken. In the bleakness of whatever wilderness you find yourself this morning, and there are many wildernesses, here comes this strong word, comfort, comfort, my people. God takes the initiative to comfort. They are my people. They belong to me. I love them. Notice that duplication, comfort, comfort, when a crisis arises and you're asleep. The person awaking you doesn't come in and say, wake up. No, wake up, wake up. There's a crisis. This is important. Listen, comfort, comfort. God promises a new advent. We're not alone. God has and does take the initiative. God is assuring us of a fresh and new advent. We are not alone in exile. We're not alone in the wilderness. God's taking initiative, coming to where we are as we are in the wilderness and acting in our histories. Pardon. That's the real scandal, isn't it? My life is built on fairness. That's just not fair. It's just not fair. Pardon, it's always scandalous. You remember some of us when President Gerald Ford granted pardon to President Richard Nixon. Remember remember amnesty for draft evaders? Acquittal? For guilty people. It's always scandalous. It's always controversial. Right or wrong, it's controversial. Grace is always scandalous. Common decency demands punishment, but God's gracious. God says, tell my people that they can run without that weight for the first time in all their lives because their sins have been forgiven. They can have a note-burning ceremony. God has forgiven a debt they can never repay. Cry forgiveness. That's another important word of this Advent. Receiving God's forgiveness, forgiving yourself, forgiving those around you. Sometimes I do more praying on an airplane than any place else because of the people around me. Just trying to be a decent human being. Trying to offer a little grace because everybody wants to get where they're going as soon as possible. So God's the source of our comfort comes to us where we are, as we are, and says to us, I will come to you in a new advent that will be a source of life and comfort to you. And the Old Testament text ends with an appropriate image, doesn't it, of the shepherd caring for his sheep. Maybe that's why Psalm 23 is so precious to us. That the shepherd comes to surround us, to protect us, to feed us. When we find ourselves 
in the wilderness in a far country and alone and we don't know how to get home from where we are. So what does all this look like in our lives? What does repentance and comfort look like? I think Tom Long says it well. Whenever we return to an old and well-worn passage of Scripture and do not through willfulness or nostalgia force it to say only what we expect it to say, but allow it to encounter us anew, creating new and demanding possibilities for our lives, we have repented. We have turned around, headed in another direction, and we experience the comfort of God. When we invoke some experience in our memory and discover in our remembering more evidence of the hand of God at work there than we first saw, more signs of grace than we ever knew were there before, more call for gratitude to God than we have yet expressed, we find ourselves a will to live different, more faithful, more obedient tomorrows because of what we have discerned. We have repented. We have turned around. We have headed in another direction, and we experience the comfort of God. And when we return to the faith that God has given us, to the gospel that we have heard so often, to the stories which have been told again and again and again, and find there not a retreat but a renewal. Whenever we discover, whenever we discover that all that God has done in our common yesterdays is pointing us anew to the Christ who comes this day in a new advent to forgive our sins, to make it possible for a tomorrow of faith and joy, we have repented. And yes, 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 we have turned around, we have headed in another direction, and we experience the comfort of God. That's my prayer for all of us. But specifically, that's my prayer for this great church, McLean Baptist Church. As you move towards a new advent, a new future, a bright future, where you continue to give witness to the kinds of things, the kinds of missional living, that we heard about today from Bobby in the, in the mission moment. The bright future that God has for you. My prayer is that you will continue to turn around and walk in that direction. Let it be, O oh God. Let it be. Amen.